Now, Liz, you got to listen to this one because this is pretty, pretty heavy stuff, and it's common sense, and we have to do it. Remember the poll numbers, 25%. Remember the poll numbers. China. Every week, I love that. That you cannot, I, you cannot lose with that. It's one of my favorites. China. It, it's time for fake news. It's a buck short and a day late. Because <laughs> the <laughs> Warriors were playing. Late. Yeah, the Warriors were playing, and life was happening outside of the Warriors playing as well. I'm Steph Montez, and joining me as always, John Robertson. Howdy, who I'm going to refrain from calling LL Cool John this week, uh, even though I just did. You just did. Uh, you didn't refrain at God all. Damn it. Uh, it's been a week, man. How's your, how's your, how you doing? Uh, you know, working dude, like we're not going to have a spring. We're going to roll right the fuck into summer. We got yeah, a few days spring. of rain this week and then it's going to be 104. <laughs> so wet, hot, mostly hot. Yeah. On the Valley, uh, here in Monterey Bay, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of pleasant right now. I know for you and in, in where you are in the South Bay, as they call it, you guys have that weird little <laughs> Island of. I, like I think your weather's pleasant. Your shit is really cloudy a lot of the year, not that's like the rest my, of California. That's my shit. I want it to be like sixty-five degrees on a regular. I want hoodie weather year-round. Yeah, you want like San Francisco, not quite Seattle. Yeah, and I'm the other part of it is I'm I'm chubby, you know. So I like I like layers and shit. T-shirt. I'm just I'm one hundred percent uncomfortable in t-shirts. Dude, I feel. I made myself laugh the other day remembering your other alias, Girth Brooks. Which one? girth brooks we should have yeah, country man. aliases we should just do this anonymously from here on out you're girth brooks and i'm tubby keith tubby keith <laughs> uh my sports one is always suede boggs suede boggs that's rad it's smooth although as yeah. as the years go by that reference gets more and more dated yeah nobody even knows who wade boggs was yep uh yeah but t-shirts and i are mortal enemies and i was in tampa florida <laughs> this last week for sorry well for <laughs> for a little uh R and R. Oh, that's from, right. You went to Florida, Tampa. Um, were you were you just sweaty Betty the whole time? You know, it, yes, but it wasn't as bad as it normally is, from what I was told. It was like seventy three, but the humidity was like one hundred and eighty percent. It was just I'm sticky. I'm just fucking. <laughs> I'm just sticky. Did you grow um, extra man tits on your elbows and stuff? Yeah, it was pretty. It was it was terrible. Like things just randomly. I felt like a human gummy worm. <laughs> <laughs> walking around over there no dude our, us california boys i can't do humidity it doesn't work no. well i want that shit dry <laughs> and like coastal at most i'll I wanna, take some fog i want to get ashy if i stand outside for three hours <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally nice and dry uh it was a uh, pretty busy week in uh on the politics front and that's what we cover on this podcast so yep. we gotta talk about that I think probably some of the the big news that wasn't big news was the tax return shit. Um, everybody got really got a real boner for that one on both sides. Rachel Maddow pulled a giant. Well, it's like well, uh, so uh, just in general, do you think that Trump leaked that? Maybe. I mean, maybe someone in his camp did just kind of detract from everything else that's going on. Here's the thing: it was stamped client copy. And 2005 was at the end of the first year of The Apprentice. So we know he made some money on that. 
I think that Trump leaked it, and that was like the one clean year that he could leak to try and basically kind of distract and give his team a little bit of a win, but I don't know. Yeah, I think Maddow's uh, excitement, uh, and, and and really, it was it's she blew it. Well, I mean, it, she didn't blow it. I mean, for me, the real takeaway is I pay a higher percentage in federal income tax than Donald Trump does. He makes... Right more than twice as much as I do in an hour that I make in a whole year. And he pays a smaller percentage. And if Donald Trump's alleged tax plan actually goes through, he would pay so much less, like 4%. So it's just really almost 25% that he pays. Yeah. It's it's just benefiting him even more and benefiting large corporations and people who make more money. Yep. Here we are again. You know, America's tax plan, or should we say Obama's fucking tax plan? (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's the same thing. Let's just keep it rolling. All right. Yeah. You know, let's roll it over into a little bit more ridiculousness. So, uh, (laughs) one of the things that I thought was really interesting last week was the WikiLeaks CIA hacking dump vault seven. Did you pay any attention to that? I did. And, uh, I, th- I think it's really funny because we, we kind of we've talked about this before yeah uh, on on the drink tank with their, with the full squad and you know we we was like no matter what you're doing like you, your shit's being watched there's that's, nothing but that's the thing like the camera on your television like we we've all read the the news articles about uh what's his bucket from Facebook he puts tape over his uh the the bunch of different foundations they sell specific webcam stickers that you're supposed to put over it. Like we all kind of know, like put it this way. Anytime anything electronic with a camera or a microphone is in your vicinity, assume that someone can hack it and listen to or watch you. Like yeah. uh, anybody who didn't believe that, well, I think was kind of dumb. I feel like every time I masturbate, I am making a sexy video for someone somewhere. I feel like every time I masturbate, like do you make eye contact with eye contact with your webcam just to like a little I, snooty, how you doing, fella? Yeah, I usually will just lock eyes with the webcam. I don't even watch the porn anymore. <laughs> it's just me and the webcam. You're like, I don't even know um, if the porn's playing. I just make eye contact nonstop. Yeah, just solid, but uncomfortable like, eye contact for this, the entirety for you, of my masturbatory experience. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's awesome. So Look anyway, into the swirling eye of deviance and <laughs> sadness. Yeah. So <sighs> WikiLeaks dumped uh, what they call Vault Seven which was basically just a whole bunch of uh, agency tools and documentation around the CIA's tools that they use to spy on people. It was like they had the stuff about Samsung, smart TVs that uh, they could hack into and watch you and listen to you, Uh, iPhones, Android phones, Windows, OS X, and Linux devices, um, connected cars they mentioned. But Mm. I've seen a video where people – it was on Wired, I think, or, or The Verge where they're like, watch us hack this car and like, oh, yeah. make it it's like a Jeep Cherokee or something. And it's like, as soon as you see some douchebag from Wired doing a video on it, like you pretty much got to assume the CIA knows that exists. Yeah. But and a lot of this stuff is, is the, this, it was just paperwork on like, here's some things we could do. It yeah, wasn't exactly. like they were, they were implemented. It was just basically like, Shout out to ideas, yo. Like here they are. Here's well, and some of it was like hack. more in-depth documentation, but like, um, one of the things that got people's attention was that they, uh, and they, there was a bunch of misleading headlines cause people are stupid, but they said that the CIA was able to bypass the encryption of WhatsApp, signal, telegram, Weibo, all these different apps that allow people to securely send, uh, data and messages. The problem is all that stuff uses basically the same 128 bit, uh, public private key encryption algorithm. 
And that encryp- encryption algorithm, I, I don't know, if, did you have you heard this story? I forget the guy's name, but the guy that basically invented that, he had a decision where he's like, okay, I can become insanely rich if I just patent the mathematical algorithm that I'm using here for encryption and sell it to corporations or license its use to corporations, or I can release it to the public so everyone is able to keep secrets for in perpetuity. Because essentially, the only way to beat it is brute force computer power. And it's one of those things where it's like, if you had every computer in the world working on this 24 hours a day, it would take 7.8 million years to factor this giant prime number and figure out the encryption and go through and, and break the encryption. So, so far, 158 or 128 and 256-bit um, public-private key encryption is unfucking breakable Like, I've read science fiction novels about the NSA inventing a giant quantum computer that could actually crack this stuff. And that was the premise of the book. So like, that's not what the CIA can do. What they can do is if they get a hold of your phone and they hack it, they can get to the data before it gets encrypted, which is a pretty fucking vitally important part when you say the CIA can bypass the encryption of these different apps. Because that's, as far as we know, not the case. Like the NSA is not, you know, 300 years ahead of us in their, you know, <laughs> algorithm, al- algorithm, mathematical analysis stuff yet. Yo, I know some hardcore mathematicians down the street that can bring some lead pipes to this situation. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing is a lot of this uh, WikiLeaks dump was old shit by old. I mean, like three or four or five years old. It's like 2012 turn 2013 stuff. And uh, Apple and Google both chimed in with their statements saying that they are both confident. This, or this was a uh, Google's statement. They're confident the security updates and protections in both Chrome and Android already shield users from many of these alleged vulnerabilities. Uh, Samsung, of course, had to come out with their statement. Samsung has had a rough year, dude. Yeah, they got there phones was a, that explode. <laughs> oh my god, that was a funny piece on uh, Oliver. John Oliver. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was hot on on the old Facebook. <laughs> they're they're they commercial. Like a, where they're like they're, the they fucking a, vacuum's on fire. <laughs> so really, really, yeah. <laughs> so at least at least our TVs aren't catching fire. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> it's just on fire. Oh, consistent. So, Samsung said protecting consumers' privacy and the security of our devices is a top priority at Samsung. We are aware of the reporting question and are urgently looking into the matter. So, oops. <laughs> It's like we ain't doing shit. Well, and, well, and their other thing, that, like their newest TV commercials, are for realsies. This time, our phones are not going to blow up. We <laughs> we're pretty sure we fucking fixed that thing. <laughs> you like, well, they would happen like you know it happened with a couple products now. I think it's like their second or third product it's happened with. Well, it's not just Samsung either. Like any time yeah. you have lithium polymer batteries. Uh, there's just too much energy storage. If there's a layer that breaks or a puncture or the wrong kind of heat, they, that's what they do. They fucking burn and blow up. So you're going to get used to it. You're going to see a lot more of that, especially as like lithium polymer batteries get cheaper, more mass produced, more uh, ubiquitous. And, you know, that's going to happen. You know, the guy who invented lithium polymer and lithium ion batteries just came up with a new one. Really? Um, yeah. I forget the name of it. And I forget his name. He's an older guy. He's like 92 now. Um, God damn, I can't remember his name or the name of the battery, but yeah, he found a, a new way to do it. Well, there's, I mean, the, the whole battery storage technology thing, like that's kind of the holy grail of converting over to solar electricity. You know, ask Elon, he's building, you know, his billion dollar gigafactory out there to build the current technology and he's, you know, he'll pay anything for the next generation. 
Um, so the CIA uh, had their response as well. They said, uh, as we've said previously, Julian Assange is not, not exactly a bastion of truth and integrity. Despite the efforts of Assange and his ilk, CIA continues to aggressively collect foreign intelligence overseas to protect America from terrorists, hostile nations, and other adversaries. Um, one thing that is really important is that in the whole WikiLeaks Vault 7 release thus far, um, there have been no allegations that the CIA was using this stuff illegally or in the U.S. So for me, like, my whole thing is, what's the fucking point? Like, do we want the CIA to be able to spy on people or no? Because I think yes. Yes, like, but you don't I'm, want it to be you. But I, obviously, you want it. You want to have that available to you when you're, you know, monitoring other potential threats and countries that could be a problem. But yeah. So what good does it do to publish a fucking almanac of the CIA's, you know, means and methods? Yeah, you're just giving, just showing your cards, basically. Exactly. So, I mean, so one of the other accusations in the WikiLeaks thing was that they allegedly lost control of some of this stuff when, you know, obviously if it went to WikiLeaks, they lost that version of control. But uh, Assange WikiLeaks also said that they had already lost control of it and this stuff was flying around for basically any black hat out there to grab it and employ it, which, you know, all of our intelligence community has been a little bit uh, loose and crazy, like... Did you ever see that movie about Stuxnet? It was called uh, Zero Day or something like that? No. They did a whole documentary about the Stuxnet virus that that we and Israel used to hack um, Iran's uh, centrifuge for their nuclear refinement stuff. And, like, they basically they released this thing into the world, and they did not give, you know, enough thought to what was going to happen on the back end because, essentially, it's just a virus that allows people to hack in and control the little programmer computer units that controlled some of the centrifuges but it can also be used to do things like blow up fucking hydroelectric dams like there's a lot of shit you can do so totally with- different from the version of stuck nut uh virus that i've had <laughs> <laughs> right i don't so- know nothing about that <laughs> the other question about this wikileaks thing was the timing of it like this was almost exactly well no it was a few days after donald trump had his stupid uh, obama wiretapped me in trump tower thing and so a lot of people are like trump you know steps in shit and right on time a few days later wikileaks is there to fuck up the cia for no good reason or no discernible good reason like if if there was something in vault seven that said cia was using this stuff in arkansas first of all that's really fucking illegal like it's it's more illegal than the nsa doing it because the nsa is super dark black nobody knows what the fuck they're about and the CIA is specifically not allowed to use their stuff on American citizens or domestically. But the timing is a little bit too perfect for a lot of people. And I, I honestly, like I'm about 90% of the way there. I think that WikiLeaks has basically become a, a, a Russian front. Trumpy leaks. Yeah. Beauty I, leaks. Well, so like you ever watch, um, uh, we sell, we steal secrets, the documentary about Assange and how everybody uh, yeah, hated yeah, him. <clears throat> yes. So originally, like I'm, I'm a fan of transparency in government, except for when it's obviously disadvantageous. And I think this is a case where we know the CIA hacks people. We want the CIA to be able to hack people. We don't want the CIA to hack us and we don't want the CIA to violate the constitution in their hacking of people. But just releasing a big dump of, you know, various means and methods that they employ to do it is not, I don't, I don't think it's a good idea. And the other question is, Russia as a country is probably the most heavily surveilled 
modern state that exists because North Korea doesn't have the technology to do it, even though they'd probably like to. Russia, like in Russia, I forget the the name of their version of the NSA, their domestic spy agency, but essentially like every internet provider, TV broadcast, everybody has to, at their own expense, create a direct pipeline to, it's not the FSB, I forget what the, it's like FORS or something like that is their domestic spy agency. And like, it's just right out there in the open. Like, yeah, we get to listen to whatever the fuck we want to. Like, you do not have a right to privacy in Russia. Have you ever seen WikiLeaks ever release anything on Russia? I come to think of it, no. But most of the stuff that they release, or at least that we're made aware of through the media, <laughs> um, yeah, not no, not really. Yeah, but if there was like something that had a direct tie to Putin, which it all has direct ties to Putin, let's be serious, that would be pretty salacious, and it would be worth releasing if you were just in general a radical transparency outfit and you decided that you know you know the mission statement of wikileaks is basically the governments don't get to operate in the dark and that what they do because they work for the public should be public it's like well you might want to every once in a while release some shit on the most heavily surveilled nation on the planet but but nah <laughs> nah we so, got bigger problems here to deal with yeah so i'm not 100 percent, but like i said i'm about 90 percent that wikileaks is the russian front at this point yeah get that tinfoil hat on john Get that Dude, the more, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the more I pay attention to Trump and crazy Russian stuff and WikiLeaks and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's like, I understand that I'm starting to sound more and more like a conspiracy theorist. And I'm not that guy. Like, I am yeah. not an Alex Jones type guy. But some of this stuff is just a little bit too convenient that it's like, eh, it makes me wonder. Yeah, it's I think it's one thing to have until we have. I have no idea what's fucking going on, to be perfectly honest with you. But until we have some sort of concrete idea of what's going on and what is really out there that's legit <laughs> this know? next week is going to be interesting there's going to they're going to start to have some actual public hearings on uh, the campaign russia connections and stuff like that i mean we're not going to see any smoking guns for quite some time if any smoking guns actually do exist but it's going to start getting interesting pretty soon here mm. i want to see that um yeah so this federal uh, court in hawaii yeah, the Muslim ban. It was back. Now it's not. Yeah, with the travel ban. It's travel ban tried. You talking about back. the Muslim ban? It's the it's the travel ban. You mean the Muslim ban? The Taliban. <laughs> <laughs> Taliban. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Trump uh, stepped on his dick again. Well, <laughs> shit. Um, in Hawaii, U.S. District Judge Derek Watson said that uh, sections of the new travel order likely amounted to a violation of the First Amendment's establishment clause which forbids the government from disfavoring certain religions over others. It, it actually forbids the government from establishing a state religion, but you know, as part of that is favoring one religion over others. So it, essentially this is kind of, this is what I think a lot of people expected was that the ban itself is just unconstitutional because it's a Muslim ban. Yeah. If, if, if Trump could, or the Trump administration could convince anybody that this was based on something else, anything else, you know, data threats, just you know, throw New it, Zealand in there and just kind of, you know, balance it out. That's, that's really smart. We could just find a country we don't give a fuck about and throw them in the travel ban so, and be like, wow, neutral there. You know, it's like, well, there might be, who knows? So the Trump administration, it's going to be interesting over the next few days to see how they deal with this one. I haven't seen a Trump tweet yet that says, we'll see you in court. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. 
He's, so I think uh, he's he's kind of learning to more act older than five years old so far, but we'll see. But essentially, <laughs> this uh, the 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 court's statement is that obviously this is a religiously motivated ban, and they have pretty good reason to uh, to state that. So I had a, I had a few little audio clips for that would give you a hint as to why they might think that Donald J. Trump is calling for now. Listen, you got to listen to this one because this is pretty. Pretty heavy stuff, and it's common sense, and we have to do it. Remember the poll numbers, 25%, 51%. Remember the poll numbers. He's such okay, a so moron. remember this. So listen. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what the hell is going on. I love that he actually did put that in the press release too. The what the hell is going is going on part. <laughs> it's like you fucking dummy. Like, do you not understand that you're at the grown ups table now? I don't think he does, but I think that we don't need to even go over that again. We've gone over it every week we've done the podcast. I know. And so between before. that, between that, Jason Miller and Rudy Giuliani going on TV and again stepping in shit. There was the Christian Broadcast Network interview where they specifically asked him about. Uh, Christian refugees, and this was his answer. The refugee changes you're looking to make, as it relates to persecuted Christians, do you, do you see them as kind of a priority here? As yes. A, as a per you do. Yes, they've been horribly treated. Do you know, if you were a Christian in Syria, it was impossible, very, very, t at least very, very tough to get into the United States. If you, you blew were a Muslim, it. you could come in. <laughs> but if you were a Christian, it was almost impossible. So much of that is not even fucking close to true. First of all, Assad is protecting the Christians because the Christians mostly are in the capital with Assad. Assad is secular. He's, you know, an Alawite. And then the Al-Nusra Front and some of the other Al-Qaeda slash ISIS affiliated groups that we were initially supposed to be giving arms to after John McCain met with him and took a picture with ISIS. <laughs> like, those are the guys that are having the problems in Syria with Christians. And they're also doing it in Iraq and anywhere else that they're present. And, but like in general, like if you want to see someone mistreated because of religion, go to Saudi Arabia, our ally in the region. Also notably not included not in the, the fucking travel ban, not on the travel ban as it turns out. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it, it, there's there's no realistic rationale and so they think that they scrubbed all the offending language from the bill but intent fucking matters because they're saying that this is to protect the nation because of domestic security threats there aren't any there there haven't been any fatal terror attacks from any of these countries they cut it from uh what seven countries down to six they allowed iraq uh iraqi refugees to start coming into the country again because a lot of them were translators that risked their lives to help U.S. troops. So the, the judge also said, any reasonable objective observer would, would conclude that the stated secular purpose of the exec, executive order is at the very least secondary to a religious objective of, tempor of temporarily suspending the entry of Muslims. So that was the federal judge. So the government's likely to appeal. The appeal will probably go to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the full Ninth Circuit, which is California it's stationed in San Francisco so that the fight ain't over and it's not you know it doesn't look like an easy win for the Trump administration the same appellate court that last month refused to allow Trump's travel ban from being enforced so he uh he, he they they got screwed again which I th I honestly was a little bit surprised I thought that this one they were gonna you know have a few localized fights and then be able to 
slide through. I should also clarify that this isn't a complete ban. This is uh, this is stopping some parts of the provisions. I don't think it's it stops the whole thing yet. Yeah, it's it, it's. <sighs> we'll, wait for the, we'll wait for the third revision, <laughs> and then hopefully they'll get this shit together and add like New Zealand or Sweden. Well, or part of the reason part of the reason this was so effective is because they were so stupid in rolling it out the first time, and they were so stupid in. I mean, fuck, when he announced it, he said, we're going to ban Muslims until our representatives can figure out what the hell is going on. And then they sent Jason Miller and Rudy Giuliani all over TV to step in shit. And then the fucking dummy goes on Christian Broadcasting Network. And it's like, had he read the First Amendment and briefly, briefly consulted with a lawyer that isn't that jackass Cohen that works for him, he, he would not have done any of those things because those were all fucking stupid and possibly fatal to the implementation of his preferred policy. <laughs> so again i it goes it goes back to my central thesis i'm pretty sure this dude's fucking dumb <laughs> just flat out i don't think this is 11 dimensional chess i think he's fucking dumb or it's some really deep shit <laughs> <laughs> uh it just proves there's a matrix i don't have the sports button but sports <laughs> yeah sports uh this one's a fun one this is uh we don't really cover a lot of sports in this iteration of the podcast but i feel like this is something that we can all get behind. A Brazilian goalkeeper was convicted of abducting his model girlfriend, organizing a murder, and then feeding her to his dogs. Uh, he did do that. He was convicted for uh, 22 years in prison, which in my opinion is pretty lightweight Tw- as it stands. That's it. 22 years is not a long time for feeding your baby mama to dogs? No, not really at all. He's been in prison since 2010, but he's recently been released because of uh, a, a, a bit of a... What do we say? A whoopsie? A, a, a loophole that his uh, his team found. It's basically... A ha- oh, it was the team that was fighting to get him out? No, not his, not his like, actual soccer team. His, uh, oh, okay. His, his lawyers. Um, his, his liars? His lawyers. His defense team, if you will. Um, but because of the long delays, it's like a little bit of a loophole that's like, oh, until we can grant you a verdict on your appeal, you're, you have a right to freedom. This is oh, apparently Jesus. how the Brazilian court system works. Um, so he is out. He has re-signed Oops. a contract, a pretty lucrative contract, with a, a soccer team there, a soccer club <laughs> in Brazil. And uh, he, while well, he awaits the verdict on his uh, on his appeal, on his appeal. So, oh, so he could go back to prison. Then. There's a good chance like, he's going to go back to prison. So this team, uh, it's um, I forget the name of the fucking name of the team right now i didn't even see it um they are the brazilian assholes (laughs) the hairless brazilian assholes um anyhow so yeah now he's 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 back on a squad he's playing soccer again this guy was like uh at one point he was you know part of the national team he was next up he had a really bright future and then he decided to feed his lady to dogs which is uh unbelievable the the kicker here is now he's also asking for custody of the child um, of course right um now well that that just looks good in court though you know yeah but his uh you know his former girlfriend she had filed paperwork to keep him away that prompted him having her kidnapped murdered and then fed to his prized dogs jesus christ yeah. so like this is like the silver lining on american sports uh scandals <laughs> so it's not as bad as Brazil, like Tom, guys. Tom Brady looks like a prince to me right now. 
This is fun. I mean, I can't. I mean, yeah, I'm laughing at it because the sheer ridiculousness of it. Like uh, that. This is even something that can go through a court, and they're like, "Yeah, it's cool, man. You're good. We'll just go get on with your life, and we'll figure it out over here when we get to it." They're backed up for like six years, so there's a good possibility Jesus. he's going to have a full career. before before spending the rest of his life in prison yeah or 22 years of life even 22 years if you think about that the sheer absurdity of only serving 22 years for having your significant other murdered chopped up and fed to your fucking dogs yeah dude even like crime of passion i have problems with 22 years but jesus christ (laughs) i have so many questions though because it's like uh public relations problem for the team did they think that this looked good uh, of course it uh, did not well it's like like are, did they get a big discount on his salary because of this like he was uh it's insane dude yeah it's corruption man because you know the thing is they understand he can go out and make money for a team teams have a lot of ties to government still in brazil that's something that's been a part of uh, soccer in south america forever yeah yeah so um yeah that's fucking crazy dude we'll see what happens when he travels with this team uh how he's received what kind of dude he's gonna get he might get got somewhere Eh, a lot of places where these guys play that's like good job it's not it's not it's not unimaginable dude it could happen it could yeah but i just like fuck (laughs) that's that's (laughs) That's crazy that's intense he's gonna need some health care on the road (laughs) <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> the healthcare issue then A-H-C-A. that was uh Aha. that was Aha-ka. Aha-ka. instead of the, instead of the aca yeah. it's the Aha-ka. Aha-ka. i see you paul ryan you filthy little worm so that's uh, that's one of the debates that's going on is like do we call this trump care ryan care republic care what do we call it um i like trump care because if it does go through and fucks everything up like it will i want it to stick yeah, but I think if Trump gets impeached, we should immediately switch and start calling it either Pence Care or Ryan Care. <laughs> Paul Ryan actually came out today and like he made a little statement that this was written in conjunction with the Trump administration. Donald Trump helped write this. So as Donald Trump's trying to like run away from this thing, so he's like, Paul Ryan's like, no, 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 no. Trump helped me write it. It's it's all Trump too. So Trump, do you have a word you'd like to say? He's down the hall. What's that? Yeah. I, nope. Over here now. Dude, he held a he held a rally in Nashville tonight. I didn't see any of that. I I, I was uh, so I do a lot because it's, it's not news anymore. It's basically it's just stroking his fucking ego at this point. Like it's not remotely news. What is it? A clan rally? <laughs> it's it's not not a clan. <laughs> There's no definitive answer to that, but it's uh, exactly. You know. Yeah, he's just. So, why, why are you doing rallies? You don't have to campaign anymore, my man. You're done. It's, you it's won. That, that part of it is kind of scary to me. But anyway, so um, Trump Care is here. Um, you remember uh, during the campaign, the promises that Trump was making about health care? Uh, yes. Yes, I, I got do. some clips. You want to hear some clips? Let's fucking hear some clips. Every Republican wants to do a big number on Social Security. Yep. They want to do it on Medicare. They want to yep. do it on Medicaid. Yep. And we can't do that. And it's not fair to the people that we have been can? paying in for years. And now all of a sudden they want to be cut. So wait, they've been paying in for years and it wouldn't be fair to them. I want like, 
I wonder if he has any other uh, interesting things to say that are re remarkably unrepublican. So how do you fix it? There's many different ways, by the way. Everybody's got to be covered. This is an unrepublican thing for me to say, because a lot of times they say, no, no, the lower 25 percent, they can't afford private. But universal health care. I am going to take care of everybody. I'm, I don't care if it costs me votes or not. Everybody's going to be taken care of much better than they're taken care of now. The uninsured person. Right. Is going to be taken care they're of. They're going to be how? taken care of. How? I would make a deal with existing hospitals to take care of people. I love that that's one of the issues that he thought was salient. Existing hospitals. Like, oh, you're not going to fly them to Mars for them to get their fucking legs fixed? Like, no, we're going to use the, the hospitals we have. Okay, that's smart. And you know what? This is probably... Make a deal. Who pays for it? The government's going to pay for it, but we're going to save so much money on the other side. But for the most part, it's going to be a private plan, and people are going to be able to go out and negotiate great plans with lots of different competition, with lots of competitors, with great companies, and they can have their doctors, they can have their plans, they can have everything. They can have everything, Steve. Everything? I can have everything? Because right now, they I can... just want to get my tooth fixed. <laughs> my teeth is my teeth is fixed. I got a fucking bad tooth, man. Yeah, uh, my insurance. So you remember how Republicans in the House voted like sixty fucking times to repeal Obamacare? Yes, and they knew that Obama would veto it, and they spent eighty-seven million dollars on those sixty fucking nonsense votes. But they still did it. So now they finally did it, right? They just they just passed that same bill through the House and voted like they did sixty fucking times before to repeal Obamacare, right? Nah. not even fucking close <laughs> now that there are actual repercussions and they're actually playing with uh real ammunition now no they didn't pass any anything like any of those bills not even fucking close they made a republican version of obamacare and just what a couple of days ago the congressional budget office uh released their super duper rushed score of this bill because the republicans have been pushing this through they sit up till like 4 30 at night to get this thing through one of the house committees that it has to pass through before it actually comes to a vote in the house. They were up till four 30 at night. They're trying as hard as they can to get this thing done. Now done, done, done. They don't want to waste any fucking time. Did you see Rand Paul uh, walking around in the basement of the Capitol last week saying that like, theoretically there's a house bill down here that I'm allowed to see. And it's like, <laughs> you can come in, you can look at it. You can't take any pictures. You can't take any photocopies of it. And he was like periscoping from the basement of the Capitol trying to get a look at the bill. Like they're doing exactly what they accused Obama of doing as far as keeping it super secret, not negotiating with anybody and pushing it through as fast as possible. So nobody has a chance to read it. But the CBO got a chance to read it. Uh, uh, and like within two days, they released at least their preliminary score. Um, their assessment says the AHCA, the American Healthcare Act, would result in 24 million Americans losing health insurance while raising premiums for those covered on the individual market. Uh, the bill would lower federal deficits by $337 billion over 10 years. So where are they getting that money? Like, how are they saving all that? Yeah. From fucking poor people, that's where. <laughs> Largely as a result of cuts to Medicaid that would reduce its enrollment by $14 million, according to the estimate. Average premiums would rise by as much as 20% in 2018, and in 2019, and then they'd start falling in later years because insurance companies would once again be able to sell you bullshit insurance that doesn't cover anything, and your out-of-pocket out costs would skyrocket whenever anything goes wrong. Notice they said average premiums would rise and then begin falling in later years. Yeah, premiums would begin falling. So would health insurance enrollment, and, and your deductibles would fucking skyrocket, yeah. and your out-of-pocket payments would skyrocket. It's not, but your premiums would be a little lower. It's not just poor people either. It's also the elderly. 
who'd be taking the brunt of this as well. Yeah, so, exactly. So this is a a large large part. This is a fucking terrible piece of work here. Um, there was someone online put the like the size of the actual proposal side by side with ACA. And yeah, I forget what it was. It was I was on some. Oh no, that was that was Sean Spencer. He was pointing to the <laughs> that's stack what of it was. That's what it was. Yeah. By the way, like <laughs> I forget how many pages it was, but they had <gasps> six or seven pages inside their tiny fucking bill dedicated to uh, the part of the legislation that makes sure anyone who wins the lottery can't get access to cheaper healthcare. They dedicated seven pages of it to lottery winners and making sure they couldn't get affordable health care once they got rich. They're like, if any of those poor people ever make it to getting rich, then we got to make sure they're, they're getting fucked. We got to make sure they're still getting fucked. Yeah. It's, oh my God. We're all going to die. Aren't we? We're all going to die. We're all going to die of something totally preventable. It's just going to happen. Eventually, There's going to be yes. a new like uh, flu or something that comes along that should be easily preventable because nobody can go to the doctors and get fucking right. We're all gonna die. I don't know about you, dude. I got I got health care for the rest of this week at least. <laughs> I got health care, but what does that mean? <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. Like you might a lot of people are like, nah, I don't worry about it. You actually need to worry because hypothetically, if this thing were to go through, it would affect a lot of employer based health care as well. Ooh. Like basically they remove the incentives for employers to provide it. So uh of course the Republicans are saying the CBO is lying. The head of the CBO was appointed and voted on by Republicans. They approved him. But now he's a fucking liar because he did math. Um, going through, like, this thing is, of course, incredibly complex because it's healthcare in America. Who would have thought healthcare would be so complicated, though, John? Oh, God. He's such a dummy. Some of the things that are the same as Obamacare, it keeps uh, the pre existing condition provisions for now. So you're not allowed to kick people off insurance because they're sick. Uh, it maintains some of the Medicaid expansions for now that uh, some of the states allowed to go through, notably the ones that weren't run by Republicans, but it totally destroys the Medicaid expansion in 2020. At that point, states have to stop enrolling people in the in their Medicaid expansions, and anyone who fell off the program or forgot to pay their bill for or re-enroll for a month, they would not be allowed back on. So it's basically just... And Medicaid is for poor people that cannot in, uh, afford health care. That's what Medicaid was created for. Right. So basically they're like, all right, starting in 2020, if you guys do all your paperwork correctly, you can hang on for a little while. But if you slip once, you're fucked. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. I mean, it's as someone who has been on government health care before, <laughs> been part of government health care in the past. I think once you're actually on it or you're enrolled in it, you're required to pronounce it government. Government, uh, healthcare, Medicaid. Yeah. Uh, or in California, it's something different. I think now it's called Covered California, but back in the 90s, it was called... Medi-Cal. Yeah, Medi-Cal. Um, it's still Medi-Cal. It is? Oh, I thought it was Covered California or something. But anyhow, um, if you lapsed on any of your documents, like you quarterly had to like send in pay stubs. Um, they'd often ask for proof of citizenship. And if, yeah. if you lapsed on any of that, you'd lose 100% of your coverage. So, nice. I don't know what the... Well, you got you to gotta make sure poor people aren't taking advantage of stuff. Yeah, God forbid they get actual health care. Yeah. Um, the, the AHCA also still allows young adults to stay on their parents' plan up to age 26. And it maintains the ban on lifetime limits in health insurance. 
some of the changes they have made, which is what makes the bill interesting. No more taxes or fines on people who don't purchase health care. That's the individual mandate. That's what made Obamacare work is that you have to get healthy people to sign up in order for health insurance companies who have to make their fucking profits to be able to afford to pay for all the sick people. And so the way Obamacare handled it is they're like, okay, you have to go get health care, either through employers, through a private market, through subsidies, like one way or the other, you got to get some sort of health care. If you don't, we'll make you pay this annual fine fee tax, whatever the fuck you want to call it. They're getting rid of that entirely. The way they're doing it instead is if you don't have health insurance, nothing bad happens. You're fine. No problems. But if after a period of time that you have not had health insurance and you want to go get health insurance or you need health insurance, they will charge you an extra 30% surcharge on top of whatever your premium is. So with Obamacare, if you don't get health insurance, they're going to charge you some money to make to incentivize you to go get health insurance. Republicans, of course, the way they think is if you don't get insurance, no problem whatsoever. Do what you want. But then when you want to or need to get health insurance, fuck you, we're going to charge you an extra 30% just because. So it's like, is it an incentive or a disincentive? Yes, it is. <laughs> but that's like a lot of people are saying, basically, this is the fatal flaw. What it's going to do is make people that are young and relatively healthy hang out until they get sick. They're not going to sign up for insurance because fuck it. Why would they do that? They can barely afford it because the rates are going to go so sky high. And then plus they have to pay this extra 30%. So they're going to wait until they actually need it, which means they're sick. And when you get rid of the pre-existing conditions, that's the way they're going to play it. It's like when they, when they decide that it's worth it to eat that extra 30% charge, that's when they're actually going to sign up for healthcare. So when you look at the mathematics and you do the, the logical game theory analysis of this thing, a lot of people are saying that that 30% surcharge that replaces the Obamacare uh, mandate is the fatal flaw in this thing, but it's kind of, it goes down to, you know, basic philosophy, a government between, you know, conservatives and, and liberals. Hmm. What's uh, what's the, what are the other cuts that are happening here? There, so Medicaid we talked about is what uh, is what poor people, how poor people get their health care. They're cutting the crap out of it in 2020. But for right now, the federal government um, during Obamacare, the federal government pays a certain percent of every Medicaid enrollees bills, no matter how high they go. Uh, the Republican version changes that they give them a lump sum for each person in Medicaid. This, this goes again. This is Republican philosophy. This is like the individual version of a block grant where it's like, we don't care how unhealthy you are. We're going to give you $27. If you stub your toe and you need stitches, $27. If your child has a fucking brain tumor, $27. We don't give a fuck. We're just, it's a block grant thing. So essentially the federal government doesn't give a shit, pays the same amount and they get to handle their own accounting and they leave it up to the States. Essentially, this is just Paul Ryan, Trump, Republicans in the federal government shoving all of this shit over the side of the fucking aircraft carrier onto the states. And it's like, hey, Republican governors, deal with this. You're going to get blamed for it or you have to raise your own taxes and come up with a way to deal with this. But if you're, you know, Sam Brown back in Kansas, you know, that's not going to (laughs) happen. And it's basically just you're going to have, you know, poor people dying prematurely, thousands and thousands and thousands of them. So most of the people who got insurance that didn't have it before through Obamacare were the more than 11 million poor people who benefited from the Medicaid expansion that 31, noticeably less than 50 states, plus Washington, D.C. adopted. 
they have the most to lose under the American Healthcare Act. So, hey, poor coal miners in West Virginia, guess what? You fucking played yourself. Yeah. Hey, you got your jobs, though. You got your cool jobs back. <laughs> no, they don't. That's the problem. <laughs> they don't. They, they had, there was a big ceremony where Trump pretended like they were going to get their jobs back, but they're not fucking gonna. So the cumulative effect of the Medicare cuts, according to an analysis by the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, is a $370 billion with a B cut to Medicare funding over the next 10 years. Some of that money could be, could be, could be made up for by the states, but most of it won't be especially the states that didn't ever expand Medicaid because the black guy wrote the law <laughs> was <laughs> responsible for the law before um, subsidies and taxes. Uh, Obamacare did not give any financial help as far as subsidies or uh, tax incentives to individuals who earn, earn more than about $48,000 and the AHCA will give subsidies to people who earn as much as 75,000. So they just bumped that up by 30 grand. The subsidies, will also be the same for everyone who earns less than $75,000. So here you go, another block grant. It's one it's the cookie cutter like one 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 size fits all uh philosophy. And that's a huge change from the current health law. Right now someone who earns $20,000 gets way more help than someone who earns 40,000. That Republicans want to turn that on their head because they want to help out people that make a little bit more money and they want to punch poor people in the face. <laughs> the AHCA would uh, repeal the Medicare payroll surtax on high income earners, along with virtual, virtually all the other tax and revenue provisions of the ACA or Obamacare. Repealing the surtax would reduce revenue to the Medicare, not Medicaid. This is Medicare. Medicaid is poor folks. Medicare is old folks. Um, would reduce revenue to the Medicare Hospital Insurance Part A trust fund by $117 billion over the next 10 years. This also is going to weaken Medicare's financial status by depleting the Part A trust fund three years sooner than under the current law. So you always hear these guys, Medicare is going broke. Medicare is, is an unfunded mandate. It's going broke, right? Well, it is if you guys have your way. They actually bumped it up by three years. So it will go broke three years sooner than it would under Obamacare because of their mucking around in the fucking, in the works here, uh, moving up the, it moves up the projected insolvency date from 2028 to 2025. So three years sooner based on, and that's based on Medicare's actuaries. That's not some crazy projection by the lying, uh, CBO or anybody else. So, uh, next employer cuts. Um, the CBO actually also predicts that many employees were cut back on their offerings, not least of all because the AHCA would eliminate the uh, key penalty for doing so. So right now, Obamacare uses uh, an enforcement to try and get smaller and medium-sized employers to provide health care for their employees, and there are penalties if you don't. They're getting rid of that. This will yeah. it'll force more workers to purchase individual plans on their own. And for older workers, it poses a serious problem since premiums for those age 50 to 64 are expected to rise uh, dramatically. So, yeah, hmm. not good hmm. for the old folks. Um, long, long, short version. Uh, the AHCA is basically just a shittier Republicanish version of Obamacare where they fuck the poor over a little bit harder and they suck up to rich people and corporations a little bit more. They light the fuse like on Medicare on a few different little fiscal time bombs. And then they're going to declare victory. Yay. We killed Obamacare. <laughs> like it's way and about a lot of people too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean the estimates are all over the place, but people are like, 
this thing is going to kill thousands of people every year once it really kicks in. And a lot of the stuff that they've done here is they've pushed it off for a few years. So the real pain doesn't get felt until after like, you know, re-election or some of that shit. Or yeah, I don't, I don't think, well, I don't know. What do I know? Well, in general, I I think this thing's about to die, dude. I don't think it's going to go. Yeah. I, they've been, I've been seeing that pretty much all over the place. And I've, it's been interesting too, because on the, right on the far right there's opposition to this and i think part of it is legacy people understand that they don't want to go down in history as the guys who push this through and have their name stamped on one of the worst health care bills ever put in place well also don't want to lose their fucking job immediately like a few years after it does pass <laughs> like yeah don't worry dude the gerrymandering will keep them in office for fucking ever don't some just- of them <laughs> So I mean, most of them in in general, like the way the way I look at this thing, like the lefties, obviously, like it's like you said, it's got opposition from some Republicans. It doesn't have opposition from all Republicans. You're going to get a lot of Republican votes for this thing. Probably not as many as voted to repeal Obamacare when they knew they were just fucking around and wasting taxpayer money. Now that there are real consequences, you probably won't get as many. But the lefties don't want to punch Gam Gam in the face. The, <laughs> Gam Gam. The, the Republicans that are scared that they'll lose their reelections, they want to punch Gam Gam in the face, but after they get reelected. And all the Tea Party assholes want to fucking stick a knife in Gam Gam's back like today. Dorothy <laughs> Mantooth is a saint. <laughs> <laughs> don't do this to, to the Mantooth. So I, th- I think that what's actually going to happen, like I, I think that this thing is not going to pass. It'll get out of the house where all the real gerrymandering is doing the worst. A lot of Republican senators, like I think Vox has a current running count right now of 12 Republican senators that say they're not going to vote for this thing, which is that's that's a death sentence. There's no way it passes without major changes to get those 12 senators. And they're not all hardcore right wingers. They're looking at this thing realistically and they're like, wait a minute. So old people are going to pay insanely more money. Uh, poor people are going to lose coverage and die from diabetes and rich people get a giant tax cut. And we're going to have to deal with the fucking headlines around that for the next four years. No, thank you. So I I think that what might happen here is Paul Ryan is going to push this thing through in the house. It'll pass the house. It'll fucking die a slow death in the Senate or a quick death in the Senate. And they'll just declare victory and move on and say that they, you know, for the 61st time voted to repeal Obamacare. But those darn Democrats just wouldn't. Oh, wait a minute. They aren't in charge anymore. So the Republicans have nobody to blame but themselves now. So that's the thing. I don't think the Republicans are going to eat this one. I don't think that they can just sit back and and eat it. But at the same time, if they put it in place, they realize there's repercussions of them getting reelected, even with that 30% that's almost guaranteed with the to vote for Republicans. Yeah. So. But the thing is, a lot of those 30% are not millionaires, dude. A lot of those 30% just might actually get a fucking wake-up call when they see what happens to their medical coverage. Because a lot of those 30%, you know, they hated Obama, they hated Obamacare, but they love the AHA or the ACA. The Affordable Care Act is what got them health insurance. And, yeah. and, and so a lot of them, like, might actually get a little bit of an education here, and you might actually peel some of those voters off. And then especially if you put someone who's not Barack Obama and is uh, more of the um, Caucasian persuasion in front of them, <laughs> like they might just flip back over and go, ah, fuck this Trump guy. Like 
I mean, in general, like, what has Trump done? He's handed everything financial over to Goldman Sachs. He's tried to do a bunch of racist shit with his Muslim ban. He's promised to spend billions and billions of more dollars on the military. We're still waiting for his tax cut thing. We have no idea what that's really going to look like. We know it'll make it for, go make him pay instead of twenty five percent in income tax. He'll pay four percent. But just rip it, the band aid off slow. No, do it quick. Doing it. Ah! <laughs> So it's like, I mean, Trump is so far not a lot different than any Republican out there, despite what he said during the campaign. You know, kept promises, broken promises. It's a little more racist. It's a lot more tweeting going on. (laughs) But so far, there are no significant changes. And basically, this is, you know, Paul Ryan's version of healthcare. And Trump, you know, allegedly backs it, but he hasn't been around much to really push that hard for it. So I don't know. I think this thing's dead. Paul Ryan's such a Weasley dude, dude. Paul, like what I I find amazing is he's got the reputation for being the wonk in the Republican Party. Like he's the policy <laughs> what's guy. A, wait, what's a wonk? He, he's he's <laughs> he's he's wonky. He knows how policy works, and he's a he speaks the legalese, and he can read into the legislation, ah. and he knows how to how the gears of government work. Gotcha. Like from all apparent like displays, like none of that is true because. Well, I, I've actually I've got a clip that he's he uh, did a, released a video where he was talking about Obamacare and the, and the fatal conceit of Obamacare, and I want to I want to play this for you because it kind of points out how much this motherfucker does not know about healthcare and health insurance. And under the current system, the the fatal conceit of Obamacare is that we're just going to make everybody buy our health insurance at the federal government level. Young and healthy people are going to go into the market and pay for the older, sicker people. Yes, that's how insurance works. So the young, healthy person is going to be made to buy health care, and they're going to pay for the person you know, who gets breast cancer in her 40s or who gets heart disease in his 50s. So take a look at this chart. The red slice here are what I would call people with pre-existing conditions, people who have real health care problems. The blue is the rest of the people in the individual market. That's For the uh, visually impaired that can't see what's in my head, uh, it's like it's like ten percent red and ninety percent blue. The market where people don't get health insurance for their jobs, where they buy it themselves. The whole idea of Obamacare is the people on the blue side pay for the people on the red side. The people who are healthy pay for the people who are sick. Yeah, it's not working, and that's why it's in a death spiral. Here's how we propose to tackle this problem: We want to have a system where we encourage states with federal funding with federal to set funding. up risk pools and reinsurance mechanisms. Risk pools. So, for example, in Wisconsin, we had a great risk pool that actually worked so that people with real high health care costs and diseases and pre-existing conditions could still get affordable health care. Okay, well, you just set up high-risk pools, and nobody pays for that. The magical fucking money fairies shit the money out (laughs) into the high-risk pool, and then all those poor sick people who those dastardly healthy people were having to pay for, instead of healthy people paying for them, uh, the magical money fairies shit the money right into the doctor's (laughs) mouths like fucking two doctors, one cup. And so it solved the entire problem. (laughs) Why don't don't we do that? Why don't we just set up these high-risk pools and let the magical fucking money fairies pay for it it's like you i don't think he gets it i don't think he gets it at all well his whole thing about the healthy people are paying for the sick it's like yeah dude when a seven-year-old gets a brain tumor we don't expect her to pony up the three million dollars for the fucking proton radiation therapy it's going to take for her not to die in a month 
We let the healthy people pay for that. But I guess, I, I, like, he's got a point. What we really should do is uh, let everybody pay, um, oh, I don't know, third, $13 a month for their health care because they never go to the doctor and they're super healthy. And then all those sick people with the breast cancer and the 40-year-old heart disease and the brain tumors, we'll let them set up these high-risk pools, and then the magical money fairies will just shit out the fucking $100,000 a year that those people need for their health care conditions. Problem solved, Paul Ryan. Great. It's Where like, can I find one of these magical uh, money I went, fairies? I went and looked up the 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 specific uh, high risk pool that he was talking about. Where uh, in in Wisconsin specifically, and they set it up. It's like twenty years old. Everybody's been doing this, and all it is like high risk pools are just a scam. Like the doctors still get paid, the nurses still get paid, the janitors are still still sweeping the same fucking floors, and the drug companies are collecting the same fucking dollars. Like there are no free lunches in this fucking thing. What he's trying to do is a scam where you take federal dollars and pipe them into Wisconsin because they get to you know. If they're a little bit ahead of the curve, they get rich states like California and New York that pay more federal dollars because we have higher populations and, you know, more industry and stuff like that. And then those federal dollars get pilfered off into littler states like Wisconsin and Alabama and Louisiana. And it's like there are no free lunches, motherfucker. Like the bills need to get paid. So like in general, like when you look at healthcare, obviously I'm I'm a single payer guy because every industrialized country in the world pays less than we do. And I know that we're the super duper bestest country in the world. We're not 37th and we have the best of everything. <laughs> and our healthcare system is the best unless you don't have really good health insurance and you fucking die from diabetes because you're poor. In those cases, we might not have the best health insurance ever, but it's like, I wish people would, would just speak clearly about this and explain that, like, in general, we spend, what, $3.2 trillion annually or $9,900 per swinging dick and split, and split tail in the nation, right? Yeah. How much of that goes to doctors and nurses? About 20%. Gonna, I, wow. You didn't give me a chance to guess. Sorry, I, 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 I didn't give you a chance. I'm sorry. I was going to say about 8%, but I would be wrong. So No, so, and, and this is this is all very, very fuzzy stuff. You're never going to find like a really clear pie chart of where that $9,990 per person goes. You're not going to find it because there are giant interest groups and lobbying firms who work really, really hard to make that information hard to get a hold of. But in general... Doctors, nurses, the people that actually convey the healthcare directly to the patients, it's somewhere probably between 20 and 30% of what actually gets paid out there. And I honestly, I don't have a problem with doctors making a good amount of money. They go to a lot of school. They take out a lot of student loans, blah, blah, blah. Doctors should get paid good because it's fucking hard and it's, you know, a high stress job. Right. I got it's no like problem a sound with engineer. that. It's like I a think, sound engineer. Yeah. It's, it's almost exactly the same. There's, <laughs> I, I can't really see any difference between like a neurosurgeon and a sound engineer. <laughs> nurses i think are underpaid nurses need to get more money and we should have a lot more of them but that's yeah. not where our healthcare dollars are really going like how much of that goes to the drugs i don't know nobody else really knows like they can you'll you'll see a million different estimates we know for a fact we pay more for drugs than the rest of the world because we refuse to negotiate with these drug companies and we grant them these crazy exclusive patents that they you know lord over us and make titanic profits anytime i see a full one minute long commercial on television for anything and it's almost always a big pharmaceutical firm because they have to pay for enough time to cover all the crazy side effects of their stupid boner pills or their fucking <laughs> restless egg syndrome medication that they're trying to fucking pawn off on us 
I have like, restless dick syndrome. <laughs> restless dick syndrome. <laughs> I need to find medication. We need a, he's, he's got wandering dick syndrome. And you two motherfuckers need Jesus. Sorry, I, I apologize, ma'am. I, I apologize. Like, how much of that? How much of that? Nine thousand nine hundred ninety dollars per person goes to insurance brokers. We have brokers for brokers. I remember a friend of ours as we were growing up. Uh, her dad drove, he had like a Lotus and a Ferrari and a bunch of other expensive cars. And I was like, Whoa, dude, what does he do? And she's like, eh, he's in healthcare. And like, I went, I remember I kind of like dug into a little bit more. He wasn't even a broker. He was like a broker of brokers. Like he was the broker that stood in between you and the brokers that stood in between you and your insurance company that stood in between you and your doctor. Like there are so many fucking middlemen in this system. And it's like, you think you're going to find a clean pie chart showing how much their salaries are and why that motherfucker gets to drive a Ferrari and a Lotus for doing what for pointing to that guy that can help point you to that guy that can help point you to that guy that can help point you to a fucking doctor. That's going to overcharge you a little bit. Fuck that. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's one of those things where if you know how to tug the right dicks, you can pretty <laughs> much get, you can pretty much get anywhere in life. What's, and, and that's, any, any of the middlemen jobs. It's basically anything, whether it be government, healthcare, uh, even in the school system. When you get up into the higher, you're not going to get hundreds of thousands. But there's it's the same thing. It's like find your way up there. The only way in the I, school system to get real money, coach football, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> be no, in, but I mean, be in know, Texas, the companies that sell the books. You know, there's a middleman for the guy who sells the books to the store that sells the books to the other store. Yeah, and it's like. You know, you go and you're paying $300 for a fucking calculus book. Like, what the fuck? It's like in I, politics, it's just like, it's, you want to know who's who's the man behind the man behind the man behind the throne. It's like yeah. in insurance, you're like, I want to know who's the broker's 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 broker. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I've, 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 I've had this conversation with Kate, with Kate a bunch about, you know, looking at a medical bill and going, how much does this little thing actually cost and how much is the hospital charging? And so you got a cup of water that's getting charged the plastic cup the physical cup $27 yeah and it's maybe worth two cents IV drip the bag cost 38 cents to produce they charge you $750 it took the nurse two minutes to put it in that's insane that was so, but all but all of that is like so we're paying for hospitals to employ these billing people to put those bills together. We're paying insurance companies to pay billing people to fight with the billing people at the hospitals we're paying like independent auditors to audit the hospital billing and the insurance billing and like your insurance company, like there are thousands, there are millions of people in this country whose job it is to make sure they fuck over people who buy their product. Like when I was talking about the kid with a brain tumor, like we, me and my wife, we know a guy whose daughter, I think it's six year old, six years old. She started losing her balance. Right. And they found that like something was going funky. They took her to the doctor. They're like, ah, she'll be all right. She's clumsy. They took her to another doctor because it didn't go away. And he was like, wait a minute, let's do some scans. They did some scans. They found a fucking brain tumor the size of a lime wrapped around her brain stem, dude. And so it's like, and as, you know, 20 years ago, instant death sentence. Like, here's what we can do. We can roast you with fucking radiation for a little bit. It won't help. You will die. Now they've got, you know, different kinds of radiation. And there's a thing called proton therapy where they take like, three different uh, tight beams of radiation that aren't as damaging to human tissue, but where they triangulate in this certain spe specific position, it's, you know, it helps burn up the tumor. And so, but it's a little bit more expensive or a lot more expensive. So it's like, if you're a fucking longshoreman and you're 57 years old and you get cancer of your lower ankle, 
they want you to put it in the fucking nuclear oven and roast that bitch and hopefully you don't have cancer. That's what they tried to do to this six-year-old girl's brain. They wanted to do the cheaper radiation therapy. And our friend had to basically get together an entire panel of doctors to fight with a bureaucrat at a fucking insurance company to convince them not to roast his daughter's brain to give her the proton therapy that admittedly was a little bit more expensive so that his daughter could have a chance at having a normal life. They finally won that battle after like a year of battling through it. And that was only the beginning to battling the brain cancer that his daughter had and and it included surgery and all this other stuff. And so it's like, did he win the insurance game? Absolutely. He got millions and millions of dollars worth of stuff done to let his six-year-old daughter have a chance at life. So yeah, he took advantage of those other unfortunate, healthy people who are paying his insurance rates. And it's like, it's just so idiotic that the Republicans are looking at it that way. It's like, basically, like, what do, you, how, what do you guys want? Do you want all insurance to go away? And like, if you're rich and you get sick, no problem, you can pay for it. If you're poor and you get, and you get sick, can you pay for it? Well, fuck you, then you get bankrupted. If you, can't, if, you can get, if you can't pay for it, maybe they want you to pay as much as you can every day for the rest of your life for having, had, having been sick at one point in time or having had a sick child. Like, that's not how it should work. And it's like every other country that does some sort of single payer. Like, why can't we in America all get together and vote on a list of what we cover? Like, nose jobs, out. As far as I'm concerned, boner pills, out. Like, as a society, we get together and we decide, like, diabetes, it's covered. You get cancer, it's covered. covered. You, like, put a list together of what we cover and then decide to pay the doctors something reasonable, like when the doctors know they're getting paid for every IV bag, maybe they'll stop charging $750 for a fucking IV drip and they'll charge something like $30 when it only costs them $10 to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe if we stop all the bullshit, crazy inflated billing because they're fighting a never ending war with insurance companies that may or may not pay their bills. And everybody's trying to cover the emergency room visits of these poor people who can't afford normal health insurance. And so they wait until their foot turns purple instead of dealing with their fucking diabetes because they don't have any other way to address it. And it's like, there is an easy answer to cut out a ton of these costs. There is an easy way to cut out a bunch of these drug prices. Donald Trump himself promised that he was going to negotiate and make great deals with drug companies. Like what? One week after he was inaugurated, he went and sat down with the pharma CEOs and walked out the door and was like, yeah, never mind. We're not going to do none of that shit. (laughs) (laughs) We are hustling backwards as a nation. Seriously. That's where we're at. We're, we're moving backwards, dude. Single pair. That's it. Medicare for all drop the eligibility age to zero and then start working it out and start negotiating like fucking crazy with these drug companies and be like, Oh, you want to do research in the United States? Great. We'll subsidize a giant chunk of your research through federal funding. By the way, let's (laughs) come up with uh, a male birth control pill and uh, better antibiotics and uh, we'll cover a bunch of that research. And no, you didn't, you don't get to charge us 1400% more than you did last week for an EpiPen just because you bought the patent patent. Nope. Yeah. Can't do that. Yeah. Fuck you. We'll take your fucking license away. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> be interesting to watch this play out uh, over the next couple months, probably weeks. Really. We're going to see, well, I imagine that this isn't the, if this doesn't go through, this isn't going to be the first, you know, or the last, um, rather the last time we have to deal with, uh, dude, it might like, they might literally like, that's what I was saying. Like he might just pass it in the house, declare victory and walk away 
and call it a win. Because they yeah. the, here's the problem. They don't have any solutions. They don't have any solutions. This was their best shot at killing Obamacare and erasing the memory of the black man and coming up with something that works a little bit-ish in healthcare. This was their best shot. They've had, what, eight fucking years to come up with something. Yeah. Like, they don't have secret solutions hiding in the closet. They got nothing. And the <laughs> fact that this thing is a disaster is basically just an indication of how big a fucking charlatan these assholes were for every single one of those 60 votes to defund Obamacare. While Obama was trying to pass Obamacare, like he actually, he gave an interview the other day. He's like, if you guys come up with something better that has better coverage, that's awesome. I really wish you would have told me I asked. <laughs> <laughs> like th this is, you know, what's the running theme of the podcast? The dog that caught the car. Yeah. Like they got the car. They're holding onto the bumper. What the fuck are you going <laughs> to do now, dummy? Because this ain't fixing it. Yeah. Oh, geez. Before we take off this week, there's a fun little one. Uh, our good friend, Luke Skywalker. AKA Mark Hamill, absolutely ethered an education department employee, Kevin Eck, over the Twitter. We love this. I, I think one of the best things about Twitter, Twitter's got a lot of negative things, obviously, but Twitter also Donald has, Trump is one of them. Yeah, but Twitter also provides some great laughs and people getting serviced and ethered on a reg. Uh, <laughs> serviced. <laughs> serviced. My Believe man, me, folks. My man, Kevin Eck, uh, he, he, this, is what he, this is what he tweeted out. And he didn't at Mark Hamill because he's a coward. But he did call him out. He said, Mark Hamill calls Trump's cabinet a who's who of despicable people. He yes. linked him. He linked the article. And he said, stick to playing Han Solo's short little bitch. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. All right. So that's an education department employee. Someone that works for the government on the old Twitter. Mark Hamill. An education department employee should know short little is redundant. Like Russian colluding <laughs> traitor. <laughs> Or pussy grabbing <laughs> sexual predator. Wow. Link the Twitter, ethered him and added him. <laughs> that was it. You're done. You just got Skywalkered, son. Don't fucking play with Mark Hamill, dude. He's a smart dude. Wow, dude. I, I have like a newfound respect for Mark Hamill. <laughs> yeah, the guy went that. ghost after that. We haven't seen anything from Kev X Indy. Uh, since so so he works for uh who uh what's her name devos yeah yeah he's uh proud to have worked on trump pence campaign was in every battleground state an unapologetically conservative native hoosier now serving in washington and now all of his tweets are protected and only confirmed followers can access his tweets oh what a coward dude that's you, awesome you get the uh yeah you get what the did you say what did you say last week, week. Like, you, you, uh, grand opening, whoop, grand, grand closing. closing. <laughs> you get flaccid dick of the week, Indy Kev. I've, I've decided I'm, st I'm going to stop calling people pussies because I think like vaginas are resilient and scary. Um, oh no, dude, I've, I've had this fight. It's not a fight, but me and the wife, uh, we call people scrotums. Oh, uh, I'm going with flaccid penises. That's like fully descript. <laughs> it's, what are you going to do penis. with a flaccid penis? <laughs> Literally, what, what are you going to do with that? I mean, I, I, I have one with me almost all the time. <laughs> and you can't do anything with it in a flaccid state. It's really, it's, totally it's really, it's not a useful item. All it does is, uh, occasionally like gets folded up on itself and becomes uncomfortable or itchy. Yeah. It's just all not so much, it's not so much itchy on the penis part. It's more the it, balls. A flaccid penis. If it had a noise it made, it'd be like, oh, oh. 
I feel like I feel like only uh, Louis C.K. could make the appropriate noise for a flaccid <laughs> penis. Oh, that's good. Oh, another one's in the bag. Uh, we'll be back at it next week. I'm gonna try and get this one. We were recording this on Wednesday. Yes. I'll try and get it up uh, by tomorrow morning if I can. I can do that. Fake, 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 fake news. Fuck you, Judy. Alternative facts. Fuck you, Judy. And you two motherfuckers need Jesus. (laughs) Fuck you, Judy.